behind every great design, behind every great collection, there is a narrative. Try to get to know the narrative of that designer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to You Have to Wear Something. It's still me, Nicole, your host, as always. And I always have great guests, creators, designers, just lovely people in general. And today is no different. I would like everyone to welcome Avisha Michael to the show. Welcome to You Have to Wear Something. Hi, Nicole. Thanks for having me. I am so glad to have you. Um, Mm. I enjoy your work. Um, I was lucky enough to meet Avisha um, just randomly at the platform uh, mall, uh, which is, it's not really a mall, it's more of an experience, like a beautiful garden and really curated, edited um, shops and restaurants. And so if you're ever in Culver City, um, you know, maybe you will cross her path. But first, um, I just always loved your name and I know it has some probably significant <sighs> meaning. So tell me what Avisha means. So Avisha, um, you know, I did a little research when I was a little younger, but from what I was told and from what I've found, the name is Sanskrit and the name itself means man's connection with his higher self, or I guess now I could say woman's. Yeah, now we can um, say a person, <laughs> human being. Yes, yes, human's connection with his higher self, her higher self. Yeah, I've always felt um, yeah. just really great energy i love um Mm. you know women that are entrepreneurs who are living their truth um and all that good stuff um so Mm. i always admire that about you and you have a background a little bit like me i'm from chicago and so did you start life in chicago are you born there from there yeah um did not start there technically i was born in petaluma just north of san francisco okay but i lived most of my childhood i'd say from um like probably like age like three or four until um age about 11 so like my foundational developmental years i grew up in chicago okay um and yeah so to me it's still home okay it it has that like nostalgia feeling when I think of home, when I feel home, it's home. I feel like people who grow up drinking, you know, Midwest water, the Great Lakes and all of that have like really good energy. They seem to be good people, seem to be normal. You know, a lot of people say, oh, everyone in LA is crazy and phony. And I've never, I, I feel like, we attract, you know, what we want, and I never got that from you or most of my friends that I've met in LA have been just the loveliest people, so. uh, Same. You know? Same. Oh my goodness, I've had this exact, and I've been in LA for 21 years, so I've had exactly that same experience. I feel like it's who you, like you said, who you attract to you, and um, I have had not the stereotypical experience that you hear. I've, I've connected with people like you that just, and I often feel, <laughs> and I hear this too, that when the, the people have a sense, they're like, you're not from, not that people from LA are any less beautiful, um, but there's something about Midwest people. There's just something. <laughs> 
just um yeah there's a there's grounding um yeah yeah i think like you accept people as they are people show up as they are and there's no expectation where you know because entertainment we have that umbrella yeah. of entertainment looming over us at all times people feel like they have to always be on or always be beautiful or yeah. you know always be thin or whatever box you're checking when it comes to um the external and it's yeah. uh, you know as we both know is is so much deeper than that uh absolutely but let's talk about your beautiful creations hmm. um you create ceramics and you also make jewelry so tell me about when that came to be how that how you yeah to that. um well to backtrack just a, a little bit or actually a lot um i found out actually in the last few years that like how I started in ceramics um was actually in Chicago and I think I was either seven or eight I I don't really know exactly which it was but around that age my mom put us my brother and I in a pottery class instead of like a sports you know program after school and um there's this wonderful studio that used to be right by DePaul and it, it's called Lil Street um and now it's at, oh do, are you familiar yeah, Lil Street. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. oh everyone went there oh. to um, learn to play I think guitar oh. or, you know have it's bass huge things, you know. now yeah now it's like this yeah, huge yeah, yeah. complex actually... to DePaul. yeah wow oh wow <laughs> actually that's funny because um knowing that we were going to speak today I was thinking it somehow visually went back there and you know DePaul that's where I ended up going to there was a day camp that I ended up going to for quite a few years and I ended up being like you know when you become a counselor <laughs> being a day camp counselor oh, okay. yeah. so I ended up yeah. doing that for a few years there so yeah that's that's very familiar grounds started oh, at Little yeah. Street Little and then body. yeah, yeah. And um, oh, go ahead. and then Sorry, no, and then quite frankly, no, no, no. You, this is a co-creative experience, so please, any any moment. Um, yeah. But I actually had a very defining moment actually with um, my teacher, um, and it it kept me away from pottery actually for most of my life. And um, and in a nutshell, she brought us to the gallery one day at the end of our first class, and it must have been like eight or so. And she basically said, you know, don't ever become an artist um, and don't ever become a potter because, you, you know, you'll struggle. You'll struggle your whole life. It's really hard. And what I didn't know at, you know, age seven or eight was that that was her experience. Um, but, you know, wow. I know it's, uh, I don't share this very often, but it was truly a defining turning point in my life and I internalized that as you know I grew up um, I didn't know this actually until recently but I grew up you know in poverty we were on food stamps like I didn't know you know I think you don't know these things sometimes as a child but yeah you think you go back to your childhood home and it seems so tiny right. and then when you're growing up it seems so big yeah. like you kids are wonderful because they really don't realize no I mean, I'm still adjusting to this because it's a new, like, awareness. Um, but that being said, I, I believe, you know, having processed this a little bit, you know, um, in recent years, I believe that I internalized it as an unconscious or subconscious, you know, desire to not struggle anymore. <laughs> Seeing, you know, absorbing, of course, you know, highly kids absorb everything. So I think that at some level, I took in what she said and I decided, 
well, I'm not going to do this, even though obviously it was in me and a passion and I love. So fast forward, you know, many, many years. Um, I won't go into too much detail, but I moved to L.A. I um, was getting my master's here and I moved to L.A. and quit my corporate job and like cold turkey of 10. Yay! I know. And uh, and I missed Potter. You know, I missed Clay. Something in me really missed it. And I was walking down the street and decided to stop in a studio up in West West Hollywood and, um, you know, asked to, I don't know why, but I asked to start teaching kids. Um, and I was there for many, many years. There's a wonderful studio called Bitterroot Pottery. There's now multiple locations. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're familiar. Um, and I taught there for yeah. many years. That was my home. And it was just started, you know, because I really missed that connection. I missed, you know, it was in me and I, I, I think I just, something drew me back. Um, it's odd that I never studied it. Um, in college, and I never took a class in high school or college. Like I still am baffled by that. <laughs> wow. I know. Can I ask? Sure. You something? Uh, just like, do you? I don't know if you want to share or not. But what did you do? What did you get your degree in? And what did you? Yeah. <laughs> do corporate that you ended up? Yeah. Like I always love this. This the you know the journey. Yes. So you know just to share with people because honestly when I was. Um, you know, in high school, I was going to Marlin Foundation mm. and, you know, again, another art program that was free, mm. um, but amazing teachers. And um, they encouraged my photography and I decided that I wanted to do it professionally. Oh, wow. And there are a lot of adults in Chicago. I think the vibe in the Midwest is to do something secure. It right. does have a very small town attitude, right. like be a teacher, be a doctor, yeah, be a lawyer, exactly. be a bus driver, be a post postal yes. you know postman or a mailman and um something really safe secure and secure yeah. and they you know when i would tell people i was a photographer they were like oh that's <laughs> cute and i'm like oh my friends in new york and la are like killing it <laughs> and it took me a really long time to you know go to college and have mm. other jobs to realize too that like wow these people discouraged me and it's the environment and as much as i love the midwest yeah it's not the place where I think creative professionals mm. thrive. And so I had to leave too. So I, I get that journey and get, you know, get the corporate job, get the health insurance. Oh, yeah. like I, I, I get that. And I feel like we all, especially this year, are trying to just really listen to the inner voice, the intuition that tells you do, you know, do your gift, Oof, yeah, do what you love. And I, I love that. But um, what were you doing Ooh. that you ended up quitting? Yeah, this this I, I get so like later in my life I get chills somehow when like I feel like my body speaks to me and like that like little chills on my, and I just got chills because I don't talk about this that often but I when I was in so you backtrack just a tiny bit um I was gonna go to law school I was my you know my father had been an attorney and um my uncle was an attorney and I went to DC for a summer and quite frankly like this is just a little precursor but I was at a, he was, he worked at a huge firm and it was like the year before I was graduating college and I walked in the firm and like, I just remember everyone was miserable. <laughs> like I remember, <laughs> I remember. I hear this a lot. Even Michelle Obama says she was miserable as it's, a lawyer. So I, you know, that's just yeah. a comment. And I think what I learned was, and this is going to be interesting when I share the next part, but what I learned was that like, you know, there are obviously people and attorneys, um, that are absolutely on purpose and absolutely fulfilled. And that's the, we identify and we connect and, you know, um, are on purpose with different things. But for me, it was a turning point, another turning point. And I just decided 
with one year left in college, I am not going to go to law school. I didn't know what I was going to do. I decided to just graduate and figure it out rather than stay longer and change my degree. And I ended up, funny enough, back in Chicago, because I was in Arizona at the time for college, I ended up back in Chicago and I got a job in a law firm. So, oh my God. I know. <laughs> and so I ended up working my way up um, for four years at that firm. And then I applied for a master's program in Los Angeles. Um, and I got, a, I ended up, so I was once a month, I was flying to Los Angeles from Chicago for those years. Wow. Yeah. For like the first, I think like eight months to a year. And I was getting a master's in spiritual psychology, which is totally different. And, um, I just decided to move and I applied and got this really like overwhelmingly new position and they, they transferred me to LA and yeah, it's weird to talk about that. That was so long ago. That was like 21 years ago. But um, so I got, you know, got my first office and, you know, ended up being at that firm, which is a large firm downtown LA for a good four, four and a half years. And um, and then I quit cold turkey. I did a, like a little sabbatical. I, I, yeah, I did a little like a personal development kind of month-long sabbatical and the one thing that came from it was the clarity that I wasn't on purpose and I wasn't fulfilled. I was making good money. I had insurance. I had a savings, you know, um, it's complete security, which I never had, you know, in my whole life really. And, uh, I was bored out of my mind and, um, in a way, like the people contact, because I was doing HR and recruiting, the people contact was fulfilling because that's definitely something that I thrive off of. Um, but other than that, it just wasn't it. And so I quit and I signed up for an acting program. I signed up for a two-year Meisner program. Well, you have to sign up for acting <laughs> in LA. I know, right? Lisa. You know, you gotta do that when you're here. Isn't that crazy? So that happened. Um, you know, I hear it opens you up. I will tell you this, Nicole, um, I don't talk about this period a lot, so I love even just visiting this in this moment, but I will say that A, you know, I still feel like acting was one of, is one of the most beautiful expressions and outlets, you know, that I've ever explored. And for a two-year intensive, you know, it was a whole new thing for me, for someone who, and we can probably delve into this a little bit um, at a different point, but kind of avoided my emotions all my life, kind of had really um, shut down feeling, um, kind of ran from my feelings my whole life. And I know I'm getting a little bit like spiritual and esoteric and, no, um, go woo woo. I just yeah. I had a I had a Reiki uh, oh, really? session last week. I'm very woo woo. Awesome. I consider myself a good witch. And, yes. You know, I mean, you, you know, I I will take an aspirin as a final resort. Same. I'm not into drugs yes. and all that. So you know, I mean, I'm having a little bit of wine right now. Okay. You know, <laughs> nature is drugs. Yes. But um, outside of like a little red wine, I really mm. um, I've never been like into that. All of that, like like escaping through some kind of substance. Yeah. And I think that now we're realizing that IQ is as important as EQ. Yeah. And we, boomers for sure, I was raised by boomers, mm. teach you to really shut that off so that you could get a good job. Don't listen to that. Yeah. You know, and it's always the people that, I was listening to Eddie Murphy talk and he was like, huh. my parents said, don't do this comedy thing, you're gonna be broke, blah, blah. Right. Like, I'm, 
richer than I've ever he's like don't listen to your parents like yeah. he was just so funny he was like do whatever fuck you want to do don't listen to your parents but it is a lot of fear there's so much fear, fear that they put into us yeah. and then we have to do the work to get out of fear based thinking and decision making no, your consciousness is so aligned <laughs> we're we, I, more aligned than I knew when I met you it's really beautiful yeah I um well it's funny that you just had Reiki I don't know if that was your first time but I actually about two years ago just decided to sign up for a Reiki one and two certification course so, oh yeah so I actually like technically know how to do Reiki I haven't done it as a practitioner I do it on myself all the time um I've done it on like my pets but um yeah so that's a beautiful healing modality um where was I before Reiki Oh, acting. Okay, so you, well, acting, yes. Like, (laughs) listening to the way you feel. We are all born with that intuition. And honestly, I I know I can't speak for everyone, but I think that we all know what we're supposed to do. We know right from wrong already. Yeah. But we don't listen to it. We do other things. You know, we know if we stay out that extra hour or two, we're going to have another glass and we're going to get up late for work. Right. Like, we know that. We have a gut. Yep. And we don't listen to our gut. And so I love this, like, now you're listening to your gut, yep. you're being intuitive, you're acting, and you're becoming who you're supposed to be. Right. I'm, yeah, that period, you know, exactly what you just said. I feel like it's, I'm still reminded, Nicole, like, so much, um, you know, this is funny. When I, one of the reasons why I got really turned up by acting, I just heard this in my in my head right now. Um, my agent, you know, I got agent, it got sad, did the whole thing. And I remember the first time I got an agent, she was like, you are no longer an age. You're an age range. And in, oh, in my being, that so did not resonate. Like it, it so didn't work for me. And so just now I was about to verbalize my age and I'm really, the odd thing is 21 years in LA and I don't know, I'm grateful that it somehow never sunk into me, but I am absolutely okay with my age. I'm 46 and I would not be who I am, good and bad, all, you know, ugly, all of it. Like I wouldn't be who I am every moment of my life um, if it wasn't 46 years of my life. (laughs) We have two old ass white men running for president two senior citizens okay Mm -hmm. who are about to one doing a horrible job and one who's probably going to be one time let's be honest uh who's going to be ready for the nursing home by the time he ends his tenure and um today's 40 whatever or 50 whatever is not our parents we are so we take care of ourselves we do what you do we align quicker Mm -hmm. with our callings and all of that is just more healthy. Yeah. Like, you know, the body can't live without the spirit and the mind. And when they all get aligned, really the number number doesn't really matter. Right. And I've heard this with actors, actresses especially, is that there's two roles for them. Um, either the hot chick or the DA. And I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, there's so many roles. Like now, you know, people are, are, are trying to let some of those um, constraints yes. and stereotypes go about women but it's still a yeah. battle it's still a yeah. battle and so you know I mean that's I'm glad that you didn't let that intimidate I'm so you. glad that I didn't absorb that you know almost like revisiting that moment when I was eight years old and I heard my teacher you know tell me never to do pottery like <clears throat> that I didn't absorb so I am really grateful for that um, but back to pottery I'll catch us up quick 
I don't know. It's a really interesting no, no, journey. I love, I, I love it journeys. 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 Journeys are, it's a journey. And this, like you quit cold turkey. It's going to get more. Then you were acting. It's more. I know. So let's, let's keep so going. So I, I often ask, did LA change me or was it in me and LA brought it out in me? That's always my like ongoing curiosity. Um, so I completed my two-year program and I always remembered my director at the time, Martin Barter, and he would always say, if you don't wake up and need it, like a hundred and whatever percent, quit. Because you have to need it with everything in you. And I didn't like the rejection. I hated auditions. Like I was too insecure for like it was just none of it worked for me on the professional level. The creative expression opened me up to so much. And I miss it. I actually really miss the expression. Um, but I dropped my agent, I dropped SAG. Um, I ended up Wait, was waiting tables during that time for the first time in my life. Um, and since I had never done it, I had lied to get that first job. Um, and then I got out of an eight-year relationship and um, I decided to take a class at LACC, which is Los Angeles Community College. And I, you're gonna love, I mean, I, I forgot you were a photographer, but I took a darkroom class. Oh, that's oh! Crazy. I just got chills, and I'm telling you, Nicole. I mean, I don't know if you've shot. I'm, I don't know if you've shot film before or what your history is. Okay. Oh yeah, my history is the old okay. school way. Um, yeah. I created a, a, you know, a light free zone yes. closet. I learned how to roll yes. the film onto the reel, shake the can around. It's very oh my goodness. It's like you have to have great timing. And you end up with a rhythm. Yes. You end up playing music. And it's very terrible. That's all for black and white. You can't do that yeah. with color. But um, yeah, that's how I learned. And I learned how to process my own negatives and make my own prints. Amazing. And, you know, yeah. all that, make them archival. And I still have archival prints. Most of the, um, if we were on like a, if I if I was more tech savvy, we would be doing yeah. Zoom and you could see all my art in the background Amazing. at another time. But yeah, that, that as when you talk about missing the clay, there's even like mm. a scent that's so weird oh, in yeah. the dark room. And even the smell, like, yes. uh, I like miss the smell, but it's just not sustainable. They went to digital so quickly and it was like all these guys, guys are very equi into equipment and they get all this equipment. It's like, you can't compete. Like I wasn't yeah. interested in how male dominated mm. was. I remember um, I got an assistant job, but later on the person, the friend, the mutual friend that got me that job was like, oh he now mind you I'm working for free and all I want to do is absorb mm -hmm. and learn he let you go because he believes you have a crush on him wow. so there's no you know there's no way that I could actually be interested in becoming a professional photographer I have to want to sleep with you oh my you goodness know? So, these are the things that people don't realize that hinder growth and progression for women that have absolutely nothing to do with the the uh the, the, the craft, craft. Itself, yeah. and so yeah so yeah so that's so you're interesting all artists, so now you now you're getting in the dark room and you have some special skills oh, that's so yeah that's well. so interesting well actually i remember i remember i really i remember holding a hasselblad for the first time and tears literally welled up and i had no idea i was like what is going on like what is happening but i had like an emotional response um, when the Hasselblad was passed around in the classroom and, and that was my first class and, um, I, I just fell in love with it and I had never, I mean, I don't even know if I had taken any film, you know, photographs in my younger years or not, but, um, 
I ended up actually getting a mentorship and an assistant with um, one of the most amazing humans I've ever met. And he uh, is, is an outstanding, brilliant photographer. He shoots with, you know, all the top like museums and, and the galleries, at least when, when they're open and, and artists. And yeah. so I learned, you know, specifics of art documentation. Um, and I ended up, to be honest, I think I ended up being a professional photographer for like, I want to say like eight years. I, because I had acted, yeah, I, see, I <laughs> we didn't talk about, about this. I, love. Yeah, I started with headshots, which, something. and then, okay. which, you know, I got, yeah, you know, my, my love, I think the first time I have a photo, if we were on zoom, I have one photo in my studio. I'm actually in my pottery sitting in my wheel right now as we speak. <laughs> and I have one photo that um, was one of the first photos I printed of when I went out to Joshua tree. It was one of the first photos I ever took and black and white photo. And um, so, you know, my love is nature and landscape. And that's where my kind of real love for photography started but then because I had been acting and I had connect you know I had people around me and I did headshots and that went into fa you know did fashion and portraits and family and weddings which oh my goodness I'm so happy I never have to shoot another wedding in my life <laughs> mm -hmm. it's pure hell I never I only oh goodness the money's times, not but, couldn't pay me enough anyhow. nope but um yep it's the worst. So that was a that was a an ex career for me. It's it's fascinating, you know, how many different shifts I've had here in LA. But um, now to complete that, you know, little era, I um I started teaching again pottery, and it became pretty quickly about in two thousand. I want to say like thirteen or so. I had demand I, I put a few little like you said I was doing jewelry it kind of start because I have a bad back and so I signed up for a class at SMC I'm all about the community colleges and SMC has an amazing pottery program um, so I signed up and I just like fell right back into pottery and I was teaching at Bitterroot and I started getting some demand and there's a limit on the membership at, at Bitterroot and so I felt really stifled I didn't know how to you know fill these requests which was incredible that i was having requests and so um do you want the details of how i actually started the studio well okay. yeah no I, so now you're doing it for me <laughs> yeah. like this year yeah. a lot of people are tapping in because they've been forced to they right. been laid off or furloughed and they're tapping into man i do that yes. side hustle yeah even me like i'm like get back into photography mm. i'm going to continue my online store like i'm always going to do my mm. podcast i'm going to always do my side hustles until they become you know till until the demand is so great that you right. make a full transition and i mm. love your full transition okay. so yeah okay. now i would love to hear yeah. about now how did you yeah, let's. So I'll try and keep it super succinct. But um, I was teaching pretty full time at Bitterroot, and I was all, well, not full time actually, because I think I was still assisting um, Frederick Nielsen, who was my you know my mentor, the photographer I was assisting for many years. And I felt like it became like almost increasingly like suffocating because I wanted to create and expand, and I had no freedom to do so. I had this little shelf, and I you know I can only do fifteen pieces a month, and so anyways. Um, getting a little real I actually ended up okay I ended up getting Get real. really sick um, <laughs> I remember 
I was shooting with an artist in Inglewood and I didn't know how sick I was and this beautiful human, you know, I remember she gave me coconut water and took me home, but I was hardly able to even function. And long story short, I had no health insurance. I ended up at USC County. Wait, what's that one downtown? I think, yeah, USC County Hospital, I believe. Um, I had meningitis and, uh, you know, had to get the whole epidural and Jesus. I didn't have, uh, what is it? Bacterial literally, you know, that, that will take you out, uh, pretty quickly normally, but I had aseptic, but I was in the hospital for nearly a week and I was home for unable to talk, unable to walk. I was crawling to the bathroom. Um, it was, it was probably the most intense physical experience I've ever gone through. Um, it's where the, well, I actually don't know if I know this per se, but it's where your, your, uh, spinal, spinal tissues. And I think your brain, the lining of your brain, it gets inflamed. So anyways, I was fighting for my life. And, um, I remember laying in bed one day, literally uh, on a down pillow, good or bad for the environment. Uh, I have a thing for down pillows, but I was laying on my down pillow and even I remember like the down pillow felt like a cement brick. That's how much pain I was in. And um, my father had come to take care of me because, well, that goes deeper, but we were estranged for many years and he came to take care of me during this period. And it was the first time we saw each other in years. Boy, the I'm telling you, is a clever little, so clever. I never thought about they're gonna, that. They're, they're gonna make you. They're gonna make you. They're gonna make you karmically wow. balance out the hard way or the That's easy so way. That's so interesting, they don't care. Nicole. I've never. I never connection. That is so true. Um, so I, I just remember this poignant moment of laying there, and I remember that you know it's so cliche, but I remember thinking to myself what would I, because I really was like fighting for my life. And I remember thinking, what would I regret if this is it? If, if I weren't to make it, if I were to pass, um, what would I regret not doing in my life? And uh, this was 2013 in May. I went, it was just out of the hospital at the end of May. And, uh, and the only thing that bubbled up to me because I was still working for the, you know, assisting the photographer and teaching at Bitterroot. And the only thing that bubbled up was I would really regret being so afraid of it for it that I never went for. And that really was okay. You know, it's, so, it's almost so too cliche. You get reflection. You get not only yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the like the the the, the, the gates opened a little bit. Your consciousness yeah. and dad is there. So the universe is making you reconnect because right, right. you can't be estranged forever from right. your parents. So that was a gift. And then um, the other gift yes. of reflection, you know, not to have yep. any regrets. And I know everyone, some people watched Crazy Gary Vee and it's just like, you know, real wealth mm. is happiness. And, and, you know, a lot of what he says is true because so many people care about, well, I'm not, you know, Kylie Jenner yeah. or whatever, you know, <laughs> and it's like, what's your definition mm. of success? It's really just answering that call. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, this is the part. You know, before right. the money and the dollars and all that good shit comes, this well, no, like, <laughs> well, sorry, we'll get into that. Like the reality of, uh, you know, I was thinking before your call today, like, what popped in my head before you called was, if I say one thing, it's that when you do pottery full time, it is not ghost. There is nothing about pottery when you do it full time production that's like ghost. But we can get to that. Um, but yes, it is not, I never okay. went into it to make money. 
Um, and so that defining moment of like, what would I regret? It led me, if, just to complete that, if that's okay, so that, you know, um, it, I, it led me to really, really um, getting clear that I wanted to find a little studio so I can actually have the freedom. It was the freedom. And I think that that freedom in, in this craft really represents, you know, my deepest desire, which I still am working with, which is personal freedom. I feel like for me personally, like it's not even so much like the limitations on the outside. I think I'm my biggest limitator. Is that a way, a limitator? That, is that a word? Um, I limit my. <laughs> yeah, I hey, limit you myself. You can make up a word. You can make up words <laughs> all um, the time. But you know, right. for me, it was really just craving the freedom to create, and that was new for me because, um, you know, I grew up. My dad was a musician, and you know, he was super creative, but. Uh, you know, I was on that track to go to law school. So this was a real transition for me. And I actually chose to do a Kickstarter. I haven't heard that word in a long time, but I did a Kickstarter because I didn't have a savings, you know. Um, I needed a kiln. I needed, a, you know, electric. I needed, you know, a wheel. Um, yeah. Yeah, there are things exactly. you need that are So I did a Kickstarter. Yeah. And you know what the funny thing is, Nicole? Um, how beautiful... I haven't even posted on social media about this because I was working so hard all day, but today is my six-year anniversary of opening my studio. Yeah, how sweet Happy to share anniversary. this with you. Happy um, anniversary. Yeah, I just realized that it is today. Um, so yeah, so I, you know, and I, the studio started bare and now I can hardly move in it and it's tiny as I'll get out and I outgrew it in the first year. But so that's, you know, that's really the full circle story of how did I turn this little absolute in me from the earth to my being uh, love for clay into, you know, a, a full-time career. <laughs> okay. And so did. really committed were you what were the mm. what were the stressors around yeah rent yeah. and bills and stuff and stuff like that and, th and that's a yeah. part that i think we all you know those who are grounded yep. as well as woo woo you can't be all the way in the clouds right. to the point where the bills aren't paid so you know there's this there's this you know i think there's this like I don't know, there's a spiritual saying or religious saying that says, hey, you know, say your prayers, but don't forget to tie oh, up your camel. And hmm. basically it's like God, like God, is huh. not, I think it's a yeah. Muslim uh, saying, uh, but, um, you know, I mean, God's not going to keep, you know, your horse for a camel from running away, right? You still right. got to be responsible. So tell me about how yeah. you get there. How, what's, what is it? Where do you have to be in your mind to like, I'm gonna do this. It's gonna work. There's, you know, a lot. Of, I hear a lot that you can't have a Oof. plan. You have to really commit and not have any distractions, like trying to keep a corporate job right. while you try to do this, which is, you know, oh, right, why people right. call it side hustle. Boy, Nicole, um, so the only thing that, that bubbles up as I'm hearing you ask that is, and I'm gonna curse because you gave me permission. I worked my fucking ass off, and I mm -hmm. didn't stop. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, that's why I say, like, this is not ghost. This is not, you know, all romantic, sexy hands, you know, seductive scene. This is, uh, pottery is, is hard work. And um, 
it's physical. It's, you know, people that, you know, a lot of my students for all those years now do it full time. I always say lately that pottery is the new jewelry. <laughs> um, I feel like I go to market and you have more ceramics than you do, you know, jewelry these days. Um, but I say that because like, really what I did is, I mean, I work very organically. And what I mean by that is I was raised very spiritually. Um, my parents were like into meditation and yoga way before it was ever cool. Um, and so I say that because I didn't have a business background. I never took a business course. No one ever taught me anything. And I grew up with no money, always in struggle. So I, you know, you know, if you want to get a little deep into, I, you know, my consciousness, unfortunately, my limiting beliefs that were in, you know, that I absorbed, that were ingrained in me, were not of, you know, monetary abundance. Were not of, you know, I was taught. And this is definitely a seed that has always been with me, which is good or bad. We could have this conversation about it, but do what you love and you, you know, the universe will support you. Now, I'm not saying that always shows up. You know, we all have our, we have our underlying things that also play. But for me, I knew I loved pottery. I knew that that's what I needed to move into, whether I failed or not. And I, I feel like... I just went for it. And like you said, I committed, but I committed like 5,000%. And, you know, do I wish I would have done, done it differently, you know, these past six years? Yes. Do I wish I would have known more business-wise so I could have worked um, smarter, not harder? Absolutely. I'm still struggling with that. I work, and this is going to sound crazy, but, you know, I've worked like seven days a week, 12 hour days for like six years, give or take, you know, I'll take like a camping trip once a year, but I literally haven't stopped. Um, so when I say commitment, it's not a mm -hmm. conscious, it's like, I don't know. Photography was different. I, I always heard from my commercial photographer, my commercial teacher that, um, you know, you know, what did she always say? It's like, when you turn your craft into your business, it really takes a different form. There's deadlines, there's commitments, you know, it really shifts that creative outlet and expression, but there was something different about pottery for me. It's just like, so, I don't know if I believe in, you know, past or whatever, but like it's in me and I don't really have to, it's just bizarre. And so I just, like, I don't want to say obsessed in a bad way, but like, pretty obsessed with it like I didn't know that I could be a workaholic I didn't know what that was <laughs> yeah I mean if you're like in a healthy yeah. way naturally obsessed with something that's a good thing where it's no one's getting hurt no one's feelings are getting hurt in the process yeah and then you also say something I was reading hmm. about you and you're like I do everything by hand nothing yeah slip cast so what is interesting what does that um, mean I had a wrist injury first week of my holiday season like was it like maybe four years ago I flew to Brooklyn because I couldn't find a mold making workshop in LA um so I usually throw on the wheel and before that experience with the injury I didn't hand build so there's two ways of doing pottery you can wheel throw which is like you know the wheel that goes around in a circle and everything's pretty circular and uniform unless you alter it um and then there's hand building. And then I guess you could say a third modality is uh, mold making or slip casting. It's where you have like a liquid, like a liquid clay of essence and you pour it into a mold that you either buy or make. And, you know, it doesn't have your hand prints. It doesn't have, I mean, it, 
yes, you know, this is a really tough topic for me because I have a real tricky part within me on what is handmade. You know, that like artist part, what really constitutes handmade. Uh-huh. And for me, um, while I did go to Brooklyn and learn it, and while I actually had the grace of these that went to China and had some of my own creations, my own hand thrown pieces molded in China, sent back here. It's never aligned with me to do that. Like I just, I really just want to do it with my hands. Like, I don't know, there's something about pouring it and it just didn't work for me. Um, so slip casting, I don't want to be an asshole by saying this, but like for me, me, this is just for me. It's, it's not like the handmade the same as when I like sculpt something or throw something or my hands are literally, it's just different. You know, you're pouring it into this mold and it's just different. So that's slip casting. Um, and there's a lot of it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. <laughs> okay. No, I, it's yeah. a little bit of a cutting of the corner and, and, and I know I yeah. knew what you meant when you said that. I just didn't know exactly what yeah. slip cast meant and you know I know that you love it it's a part of you it's who you are that's why you've been on this journey and it kept kind of showing up for you what don't you like about the business aspect like you said you go to you go to events and it's like yeah out everybody's doing ceramics yeah Um, I'm tired if I can be super honest um I I thought I was Mm -hmm. you know I thought I was getting a break you know, not good or bad during COVID. And I am grateful that I've been working the entire time um, at the same rate as like holiday. Um, I feel like everyone's home and wants cozy. And, you know, everyone's cooking and they want spoon rest and everyone wants that cozy mug. And I'm so beyond grateful, you know, for the universe meeting me and, and the support yeah. and staying afloat, you know, this tiny small business. But um, the be, to be honest, like there's a cycle to, you know, full-time production. Um, I have a studio that's about, I don't know if it's 150 feet or 200 feet. It's tiny. <laughs> and I have a giant kiln. I have actually three little kilns, but they're both, two of them aren't working. So I have a giant kiln yesterday. It heated up to over 2,100 degrees and it was 90 degrees outside. And I almost passed out, um, because so I'm going to be honest. Oh, yeah. Oh, so like yeah. when you ask like what what is oh, challenging, yeah. you know, I'm going to be I'm going to be honest. Um, there's not a day that I don't have. And I'm, you know, I have injuries. I have a back problem. It's the last profession I should be doing. But my wrists hurt. My back hurts. My like, I'm always in pain at night. I go home. My Epsom salt bath is my savior. Um, so really, this very physical craft um, when you do it. Um and I would say that, like, I used to make more in one photo shoot than I do, you know, in like three or four days of work in my studio. So it's it's never been about the money for me. I wish that I could. I, I, my, I would like to actually. I have a very clear intention after six years, finally, of wanting. Well, we can visit that in a second. But, you know, wanting to work, you know, um, more creatively, a little more fine art than just functional because you can only make so many mugs at wholesale cost um it's very physical so that would be for me to answer your question like really the hardest part is if i'm really really honest there's been 
many, 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 many months, days, weeks where I'm about to throw in the towel. And I'm just being really, you know, I want to be really transparent. Um, I love it more than anything. It will always be with me. I'll never stop doing pottery, but um, it's it's been hard. It's been hard on a physical level. And monetary-wise, um, it doesn't mean that you can't make money. I feel grateful because I am able to pay all my bills doing pottery. And I have people reflect that often because I think I'm so in it, like I'm always doing, um, that I forget that there are so many people out there that long to find a craft and find a passion and a creative outlet and turn it into, you know, like what we talked about in the beginning. And it's not that I don't take that for granted, but I'm just tired. <laughs> That's my answer. I'm straight, I'm straight tired. No, no, I get that. I mean, I, and also there's a general vibe mm. of burnout moving mm. around everything yeah. this year. I'm glad you're busy. I know you mentioned that yeah. before you were busy, like, like holiday, which it's great to be busy. And yes, it has been like a hundred degrees. I don't know what Ooh. climate change deniers are out there listening, but I'm sorry. It's real. We've got acres and acres of burnt, yeah. burnt land and droughts and all kinds of stuff. So you're a trooper for um, handling yeah. the heat that, the way that you have. And yeah. I, only other question, I, you know, just an art question. Yeah. I always ask people, you know, what do you like? What don't you oh, like? Yeah. And what would you change? Yes. Like if you could change anything, either oh, in the past okay. or instinctually, in the, present, the moment you finish asking that, what bubbled up was, I would give myself. There's been so many ideas I've had, but I was I was always more one of those people that didn't like I've said a little bit before like didn't give myself the freedom didn't make it okay like I'm looking at one of my shelves and we're talking like six years ago I threw these shapes that were like breasts and I fired them white and I did a third firing with like gold it's like a gold luster you can do a third firing with and I made gold nipples and they're and I'm looking at them and they were up in my top shelf until two days ago and I took them down. But I remember when I made them and this is like five or six years ago. And I thought to myself, oh, you can never show those like you could never you could never like literally <laughs> yeah, but this is my own you know, internal limitation and process like judging or feeling insecure. Or like you can't be like just feel, you know, if I'm really honest, like what I'm working on healing on a personal level is like allowing myself the freedom to be so fully who I am and show up in the world because truly we need we need each of us to be fully who we are and that allows well what I'm learning is like that allows other people to meet and resonate and be inspired and then it allows and gives them the freedom to be fully who they are and so back to the breast with gold nipples I never they were on my top shelf like five feet up and well, now what do you see? Like mugs with, bo you know, booby mugs and, you know, you name it. It's on clothing, you know. And I look at and oh, so many I mean, experiences like that, Nicole, where I haven't, I've judged an idea or I've judged a creative expression and I've made it not okay. Like you wouldn't be accepted. I wouldn't be accepted. I would be ridiculed or out, you know, all these deeper things that, you know, we talk as a craft or as a, an art, but really... There no, there's no disconnect with my internal world, as you know. <laughs> so that's one of them is I would give myself the right. freedom to say, fuck it, like have an idea, explore it, you know, like get rid of the self-talk that is afraid.
judged or is afraid of being, you know, not accepted um, or that needs external validation. That's a huge one. Uh, also, I think what I would change is I would I would take that lunch with that store buyer. You know, I mean, in six years, I have never braked for a lunch or a coffee date or like I'm talking like that extreme. I would literally learn and integrate better balance. Um, I would take more breaks because my, like personally, like my prayer, my religion, my spirituality, my connection is nature. Like it just breathes life into me. It calms me, it soothes me, it inspires me, it holds me, like it gives me everything. And so for me, you know, it's a learning process recently, but you know, it's that cliche thing. I feel like we're coming out of, and I, you can speak to this probably really well, that we're coming out of this. What is that thing that keeps seeing on Instagram? That whole, like, you know, it's like the anti-hustle, like this whole, like sexy, like this sex, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. Like, exactly. I'm, I haven't learned rest. that. You know, yes. It's, yeah. It's like, a there you toxic, go. I knew you'd you know, know that. Toxic um, I'm still learning that. And I'm just owning that. Like, I haven't come out the other side yet. Um, and at the same time, I'm aware of it. And I do believe that everything starts with awareness. But that's one thing I would change. I would change, you know, I think that when you start and you really, it is your true passion, you know, those first wholesale orders, oh, there's a shop in Newport that wants to sell you. Everything, the ego can get involved. And then it becomes like, oh my God, I'm at this store, I'm at that market. And if I'm really honest, like I'm, you know, um, that shifts because that's not as important to me. Like, so what I would do differently and what I'm intending to do I have a vision and a dream to like be able to take my wheel and have it outside and throw under the trees and feel the fresh air and, um, and start to create, you know, some bigger visions of what I've been wanting to do for years, but I don't even have a minute to do it or I'll start with an idea. And then the order, you know, gratefully, then I just get slammed again. That sits in a little pile in the corner. And so what I would do differently is create the space to do, um, for me, you know, some bigger projects, some more visions, some fine art that isn't just functional um, because it becomes really repetitive and quite honestly, a little boring. So, yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. It's mm. like, you hear this from a lot of people who become really successful and then there's like right. one sneaker, one t-shirt that's doing really well and then yes. they end yep, up that's it. making it forever and they're over it. They're over it, you know? And um, you're just ready to do something else and artists yes. uh, like to continue to evolve and you even hear this from musicians and they're like, oh, we, you know, we like Morgan's yeah. first album, but everything right. after we didn't like, you know, well, she's always going to change and evolve. Right. She's not going to make the same album, the same sound, you know, you want a different sound. And so um, I, I can totally understand that. And I think because yeah. you have a foundation in spirituality that <gasps> there's probably a future yes. for you in combining like some level of nature, oh. retreat, healing and creation. And that's just <laughs> coming from <laughs> One tiny brain. Yeah, I mean, you have to yeah. Something. But I think you're going to figure it out and close your eyes and it's going to lead you yes. to the next thing. No problem. I think you have that, that awareness. I think your awareness yeah. is at an all time of time high. I think people who transition out of doing it a little bit and then doing it fully, 
they'll never go back to that time when they're like right that you know where it's just all fear-based you know you have challenges but the challenges are different now you're like okay i'm tired how, how do yeah. i not be tired how yeah. do i not be burnt out and that's the next phase and so you're yes. allowed to change everyone you're allowed to evolve um i am lucky enough mm. to have alicia michael in my life and in my literally in mm. my space and it's been a great experience it's been soothing and she's just mm. also great vibes um how are you feeling around Ooh. all this fervor around interesting election you know and yeah. unrest and um, all of that you know um, are you are you doing okay okay that i mean as you already know within yourself like I don't know that anyone's really okay at the moment in some ways. Um, okay with it, um, oof. Like, I don't wanna like shy away from it. I think that the key for me personally, like I honestly was just telling a friend of mine the other day, I am so, sorry for that car that just started. I am in an artist community here. Um, I am so grateful. It is real. <laughs> this is the life. Okay, okay. This is it. It's real. Um, I'm this in an alley. This is what reality City. like for real. Um, yeah. You know, the truth is that like, you know, you, what, what you just shared and going into like election and the climate and, and the times of that we are in at the moment, um, I'm grateful that I have clay because it grounds me. It's the earth. It's as organic as it gets. And it is literally therapy, even though it's my work. So... I have my tools and I have my healing modalities um, that I have found recently that help me uh, stay as grounded as I can because no, I'm not okay with any of it, to be honest. I'm not okay with my choices of who, you know, I don't want to vote for either one yeah. of these candidates. Am I allowed to be this honest right now? Okay, I'm going to. I don't, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. Yeah, I don't like love being appointed. I don't like. Almost, you, you know, there's almost nothing. Like, ugh, like, I almost don't want to get started because it's like, um, yeah, man, it is a whole nother. Can we have another hour, real quick? It's because, another show. <laughs> um, you know, I don't mean this in a limiting way, but like, right, so right. much for me right now. Like, I try to find, you know, I. Tr I said this at the beginning of COVID on my Instagram. It is my professional page, but it's my personal page. And what I got really clear on back in March during when we first got locked down, you know, I got really clear that this has been clay for all these years, but the truth is there's no separation between who I am as a human being, as a fellow, you know, community citizen, um, as a woman, there's no separation between how I show up in this world and the energy and the form that I create with and how I put myself into the universe and society. There's just no separation. Um, and so I just made a choice that, you know, there's going to be some, I just want to be more truthful. And, you know, I feel like silence is violence right now, especially for myself as a white woman. I think that there is, um, thankfully a certain level of integrity that, you know, it's not always comfortable, but I've been speaking out, you know, when I need to, and I've been posting what I need to, and, you know, calling out injustice. And, you know, that's all like so important. And it's just so important that we don't stay quiet. I mean, everyone has a different role, you know, not everyone has to show up in, you know, activism or showing up and mm -hmm. standing for truth and justice and, um, you know, anti-racism and that everyone has a different way that they show up in the world. But um, for me, 
I don't know. I get, you know, sometimes I'm like, people think I'm too active on Instagram. Do people like, I don't know how my stores feel and I don't really care that much because I'm showing up in the way that makes me feel okay with, you know, navigating these times, navigating, stepping into how many weeks do we have before the election? Uh, There's no win right like, now. Almost like none. Yeah. Oh goodness. So no, I'm not okay with any of it, Nicole. Um, but I do, you know, I am going to vote and I've been, you know, pushing that big time on my social media because, you know, it's, I really feel like we're voting to save our lives for real. That's how I feel. Not that either one of the options are going to give us the best outcome, but I feel like, um, there is just no room for hate and there's no room for, um, racism. And that's just how, you know, that's kind of at the foundation of, um, what has been leading me right now. So I feel like if you want to vote, you know, it's kind of like, what is it? The lesser of two evils kind of thing. Yeah. It's best. So sad. The lesser of two evils. And, right? and you know, beyond that, we, we can do the work to not be in a position to not have to vote for two lesser evils anymore. Exactly. Like, well, this is, you know, democracy is a full contact sport. Let's all get active now that we're all woken up. Yes. Let's, let's kind of keep that same energy. Right. So, yes. Um, thank you for yes. what you said I want you to tell people hmm. how to find you I know <laughs> that you have different platforms in your, uh, yeah. your Etsy shop so please share that how do we find you well some of my uh, a few of my wares are on your shop yes, right? shop G-U-J-I-Y-U <laughs> which I'm always promoting which is why I'm just going to hand it over because I'm always talking about that on other shows awesome. not to awesome. be shameless about it but go so, ahead no yeah so that's one avenue and then um, I'm still on Etsy so I think I am Avisha Michael um, A-V-E-S-H-A Michael like the guy's first name um, on Etsy and Instagram, I believe my handle is Avisha33, just because it was my favorite number always. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty much, you know, active on Instagram and Etsy, and um, and that's it. All right. I, yeah. I appreciate you and your vibe and everything. Avisha and I have failed to even hug when we <laughs> met because <laughs> of COVID-19. So one of my, <sighs> my goals of next year is to maybe get a chance to hug Avisha because, you know, we, like, we're that. all just like devoid of human touch this year if you're single and locked in like me in Hollywood. But um, thank you so and much. For your time, Ugh. your wisdom, and um, I appreciate you sharing with me and my tiny but valuable audience um, here on You Have to Wear Something. I, it was such an honor to be here with you, and thank you. Thank you for allowing me to, you know, be vulnerable and, and share of myself. And um, I just, can I leave with one just little sure. reminder to whoever might, you know, just like... Like you said in the very beginning, you know, listen to that internal voice, you know, listen to it and then follow it um, because it can lead you, you know, it can lead you right into your dream, literally. It's, it's true. So, like you said, I, it's on people. As I look around my little studio. Quotes, but it's really true. Yeah. And you're a living proof of it. It really so. is. I'm sitting at my wheel right now. So right. It, it is literally, it is literally available. All right. So. Well, I'm going to say good night and thank you everyone for listening. And until next time, as I always say, peace. Peace. Good night, Nicole. Bye.